you just tuned into the hippest way to start and grow your indie author career, learn the ins, the outs, and all the all-arounds of self-publishing with the team from D2D and their industry-influencing guests. You're listening to Self-Publishing Insiders with Draft2Digital. Is that it? Did it happen? Are we live? Hello, everybody out there in internet land. Welcome to Self-Publishing Insiders with draft to digital We're really happy to have you here. Um, uh-oh, I'm, saying, I'm seeing that we might be having some trouble on uh, Facebook. So uh, if, you're, if you were on Facebook and you're having a problem, uh, don't know what to tell you, but good luck. <laughs> we'll Come over to, to YouTube. Come over to YouTube instead. Go to YouTube. Yeah, if you're on over. Facebook, go to YouTube. It's way cleaner. It's better. It's nicer. Yeah. It's faster. There's no YouTube is actually much better for this. I don't know. This is just an aside. If you're out there and you have ever thought about doing live streams, YouTube makes it so much easier than Facebook does. So, but hopefully, uh, hopefully, whatever happened there uh, gets resolved. So. Uh, but to everyone who is able to tune in and watch us, thanks for being a part of the show and for uh, for uh, dropping in. We are going to be answering your questions live here on the show today. So make sure you're dropping all those into the comments. If you uh, drop your comment, your questions there, uh, we will either we will answer them on air or we have some folks like our our uh, ever reliable Lexi Green is in the comments to uh, to help out there as well. So, um, and specifically, what we're talking about today is book marketing and what works for that works for you. Uh, but if you have other questions about D 2 D, feel free to drop them. We'll we'll get to them. All right, so uh, gentlemen, so marketing is one of those topics that everybody uh, kind of gets in a frenzy about. This is something that every author wants to know what the silver bullet is the magic right. formula so and jim as Vito, i think you of all people know the, how to guarantee that people can market their books with success go ahead <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sorry i'm just putting you on the spot uh putting you on the spot what but what are let, let's just talk about like what do we think first off what are some of the basics that i think every author should concentrate on when it comes to marketing what do you guys think Mark, you want to go first? Well, I mean, the very first thing you should concentrate on is understanding who your readers are, who your audience is. And to, and to that end, and, and I'm not saying, oh, it's 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 Jim who lives in, in you know, in uh, Venice Beach or, or whatever the case may be. And, and, right. and he likes to go skateboarding on Sundays. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you think about your audience, think about what's known in the uh, traditional side of the industry as comp, comp authors, comp titles. Very, very important to understand who is this targeted for, meaning what are the other books that they've read and loved? And if you have trouble finding that out, you haven't worked hard enough to, to figure out your, your market, to understand people who, and, and I'll, I'm going to use Kevin Tumlinson as a perfect example, people who've read Dan Brown and, and enjoy Indiana Jones and those kinds of adventures, mm -hmm. those are going to be the people who are going to love the Dan Kotler series that Kevin writes. Yeah. Very clearly identified, hey, I like this and I like this other thing. I'm going to love Tumlinson's writing. And I think as an author, you really have to dig into that almost at the beginning before you spend a single dime on marketing, knowing who that audience is. It's just so, so critical. It's a, it's, it's a foundation for almost everything else that you do. Yeah. Cool. Uh, 
that is uh, there's that idea of the ideal reader. That's something that you've heard a lot of people talk about. Uh, I, I just wrote a post on Substack recently about Stephen King's um, memoir on the craft um, on writing. <clears throat> That's something he talked about, introduced. I think that may have been the first time I was really introduced to that term back when that book came out, like in 2000. Uh, but your ideal reader is, is that person is the, it's who is the most likely for who is it you're writing the book for. And, uh, if you know who you're writing the book for, then you can gain those little characteristics that will help you market to them. Cause you'll know you, you, you kind of joked about this Mark, but there's uh, that concept in, in marketing of, uh, your, the customer profile or the customer persona. Um, I think authors would benefit a great deal from creating reader personas like, um, yeah. You know, my reader is is Rick and Rick likes to rock climb and go on adventures and he likes to read, you know, archaeological thrillers by the fire uh, after having, yeah. you know, taken down a lion with his bare hands or whatever. And because I know those details about Rick, I know, well, Rick probably reads Rock Climber magazine or probably follows Rock Climber groups on Facebook. So I can target ads in those, you know, for those topics that would attract people like Rick. So yeah. uh, it's a good tip. Um, if I can, if I can tack on to that too, um, when it comes to you know, knowing who your readers are, the same holds true when it comes to your book cover design as well. Like going back to 2008, 2009, um, this might sound surprising to some folks, but it was you know, the super early days of, of indie publishing and authors were putting up book covers that they made themselves. And some of them were just like a blank cover with no image, just the title and the by and the author's name but there's no indication even if it was nonfiction or fiction let alone what, what genre it is so it goes without saying that your book cover images are critically important before you get your book out into the yeah. world um, i remember one of our new york times bestselling authors um, she was uh i won't mention what her name is now but she was one of the first to publish i think it was back in 2009 and her cover image didn't have an image. It was just the title and her author name. And as soon as she uploaded a cover image, it was like, pop, her book Boom. popped. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Siri. Siri doesn't agree with your assessment. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, you make a very good point. That's something, that's a 101 uh, for author marketing. <laughs> uh, and that is um, authors should, right. your marketing really does start with the book itself. So a good cover, you know, make sure it's well edited, make sure it has a great uh, book description. We have articles on these things on our blog at draft digital. If you go to draftsdigital.com slash blog, um, you'll find that you can search for, we do things. There's one that's like the psychology of, of book covers or, you know, how to write a better book description, things like that. So go check that out. We also have YouTube videos galore um, for, for this kind of thing. Um, I think let's talk real quick because this is something we, we chatted about briefly. We've been talking about this a lot uh, past few days. Uh, and Mark, you, you, me, and Jim, actually, we, uh, we had a chat about this yesterday internally. We have, Draft Digital has a whole bunch of retailers that we work with and a whole bunch of library um, distribution things that we work with. And one of the things that has been kind of confounding <laughs> a little, a little bit. disconcerting, a little uh, worrying uh, is that there are authors who come in and they'll they'll see a channel such as um, 
I think uh, Scribd is the one that you were um, zeroing in on, Mark. That was one um, of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and but they'll decide. I've never heard of that channel. I've, I don't know anything about them. I'm worried. So I'm not going to distribute my book to them. This this doesn't make any sense to me, uh, but let's let's talk about that. Well, Why should yeah. authors be using all of our retailers? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> if, if you're publishing wide and, you, and your books are beyond Amazon, and, and they, why not have them on every single platform? I was on Google Play. We, we mm -hmm. don't distribute to Google Play. You know, we'd love to, uh, but currently that's, you know, a work in progress, long going work in progress. But I was on Google Play for 10 years before I made more than $10. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and so you can be on a platform for, for a long time and not sell anything. Just having the book available for people to purchase should they be looking for those great kinds of books that Rick wants to read or whatever the case may be, <laughs> yeah, having them yeah. available is important. So I think one of the fears authors have about a platform like Scribd is it's a subscription service. And authors are, maybe they've kind of come out of Kindle Unlimited had, having a bad experience um, with subscription service, but knowing that there are great opportunities like Kobo Plus and Scribd that do not require exclusivity. But here's the thing about Scribd that I love is Scribd actually, uh, unlike, subscription services that pay you pennies on the dollar for yep. for the, the sales. Scribd actually uh, generously, I, I, I think over generously pays uh, the same rate you would get as if you sold the book a la carte. Right. So you're not cannibalizing uh, readers and, and readers who want to read all you can consume content are going to be those bingers, those Netflix kind of show bingers and stuff like that. They're a different audience than people who purchase a la carte. So, so opting out of that for fear may, may be limiting your ability to, to sell stuff. Um, yeah. And so I just think, you know, if you, and if you don't know about a platform, ask author friends, go into author groups on uh, Facebook. Wide for the Win is a great group to say, hey, I'm not familiar with this platform. Who has experience? Yep. I bet you there's going to be someone out there that shares yeah, I'm on that platform or email us and say, hey, I'm I'm thinking about opting into Cobalt Plus, but I have these concerns. What can you tell me about it? What details can you share? Let me share yeah. one thing really quickly is that the biggest growth we've seen from Kobo in the last three years has been Cobalt Plus. They've yeah. almost flatlined. Yeah. They've, main, they've maintained their sales at a la carte sales. That's great. It's fantastic. But the growth we've seen with Kobo has been in Kobo Plus as they continue to add new territories uh, to it over the last several years. And yeah. so, you know, if, if you do have concerns about platforms, ask because yeah. you may be missing out. On, and I and I hate to think of authors missing out on sales from any platform. Yeah, I, we should say I, I, you've kind of hit on this, but one of the things we, we talked about that I think is a good, great point to make. Draft Digital is the entity that you are putting your trust in here. If you are coming in as an author to Draft Digital, yes. you can be assured we have vetted every single retailer. And if something ever does go wrong, it, it, it I don't, I can't, I, I can't really think of, I can only think of one time that anything ever went wrong and we fixed it uh, mm -hmm. on behalf of, of all the authors. We took care of it, even though it meant losing money out of our own pocket. Uh, yeah. so you, you can be assured that any, any entity you encounter via draft digital, any retailer, any library system, anything that we offer you, we are only going to offer it to you because we've already vetted and approved right. it. So, and uh, we have we, actually removed, uh, some platforms yes. that weren't yeah. optimal for, for, you know, uh, case in point, even, even the distribution to Google play was not <laughs> working the way we wanted it to work to, to make it easier for authors 
yep. and, and basically are working to, you know, can we, can we get a better uh, term uh, for, for authors to, to sign up? So we are looking out for authors. You, you're Absolutely. so, you're so correct, Kevin. Well, cause guess what? You know, several of us are authors. And so we're, yeah. we're kind of like insiders who say, yeah, I don't think an author would go for that. Cause I wouldn't go for that. Right. Yeah. We're your, t- we're your, uh, your uh, canaries in the mine. <laughs> and we should, I want to say though, that the reason that we're bringing this up in a marketing discussion is because the more places where your book yes. is available, the easier it is for people to stumble onto it and discover it. And the other thing that, that just, this is a pet peeve of mine, <laughs> but Authors get on my coach say, and tell me, Kevin. Yeah, get it out, Kevin. <laughs> authors, here, let me climb up on this soapbox. But authors who say, "Well, I wasn't getting any sales on yes. platform X, yeah. so I took my book down." I was just going to bring I, that up too. I love you, authors. As one of you, I love you. But that makes me want to slap you. I'm sorry because you're. T- why would you take? So that, that's like saying, "Well, you know, my product isn't selling at Walmart, so I took it off the shelves." Yeah. Yeah. You I know? mean, unless you were paying $10,000 a month to have it on the show. Exactly. But it costs exactly. you nothing. But we don't nothing. charge a thing yeah. for you to list that book with all these retailers. So it only makes sense. Make it available to every retailer. And if your strategy, though, is, you know, some of these people are pulling it because they want to go back to Kindle Unlimited or something. Sure. Um, you know, I understand. I think that's a I don't think that's a wise move personally. Uh, given, you know, this month alone, the, the, uh, the payout for kill unlimited is down like to just 0.004 cents. I mean, it's, it's like 0.0038. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and it's like the lowest it's ever been. And I, that's a continuing trend with that payout that global fund has been trending downwards consistently for the past year. So, um, I would be alarmed by that if all my eggs were in the, uh, KU basket, frankly. Um, we got, we got some questions. Let's, let's start popping up a couple of questions. I want to make sure everybody gets, gets handled here. Uh, MSB asks, uh, what if, what if I want to start with an ebook and later go with a publisher offering print on demand and audiobooks? Is that okay? Can I, can I go with this one? Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Yes, of course. It's okay. it. But just be aware, <laughs> just be aware that it is very rare for a publisher not to want to write scrap, not to want everything, even though they don't know how to sell ebooks in my experience. Um, so be aware that uh, there are, I, I was talking to an author earlier today who is uh, doing some self-publishing and did work with a publisher that only wanted print rights, but it's very, very rare. I can, I can think, you know, of maybe... Uh, a handful of people, maybe, you know, five authors that I've known over the years that have been able to negotiate those deals. So MSB, it's a great question. But here's the other thing, too. I, I had a I had a client that self-published a book over the pandemic and sold so many copies in print and in ebook that a traditional publisher did purchase all the rights. And it was well worth mm. their while um, because they already made um, a killing uh, in self-publishing. And then the, now their books are going to be featured on end caps and Barnes and Noble because the publisher paid a big, big price for it. But you can start with an ebook. Great way to test the market, to see what's out there, to experiment, right? And then yeah. and then say either then do the print book. We offer you know print on demand solution um, that gets your book broadly uh, distributed, or or audiobook afterwards. We have a great partner in Find Away Voices and can even you know working with Apple on selected genres get a free audiobook produced for you. So. You always have the option and you always have the control. And MSB, if you're not happy with the things you choose, 
you're in charge. You're in control. You can pull the yeah. book down to offer to a publisher. You can decide not to sign a contract or say, yes, this is a this is enough money. I will sign <laughs> sign away the rights to the book. Yeah. Good question. Um, let's see. Uh, sorry. I lost track of where the where mm. things were. Um, so Brett Worrell asks, uh, what should an author focus on when they attend an author fair? I've, I don't think I've ever heard anyone refer to an author fair before. Is it, You're I'm, talking okay. about in-person events, right? Where I'm thinking, like yeah. Tables? yeah. Um, that's um, what I think. I, I think, I mean, uh, Brett, you're, you're there, obviously, to sell physical copies of a book. Here's the thing I think you should focus on. Focus on providing an experience for the people who approach your table and talk to you. Don't just focus on trying to sell books. Focus on I trying like to that. connect with people, yeah. Yeah. connect with the right people. And I'll give you a perfect example. I have uh, true ghost story books uh, as well as urban fantasy and stuff like that. And if I'm at an offer fair and someone comes up and says, well, what do you write? And I was like, well, well what do you like to read? And they go, oh, I love, I love romance. This is my favorite. I love historical romance. I'm going to go, oh, cool. You know, I don't write historical romance, but I have a friend, Tanya and Crosby. She's got a table just three down. You want to go talk to her. She's got some fantastic books. Focusing on their experience and giving them a good experience is probably going to pay long-term dividends for you because that author that you kindly sent to the right person who is more of their target audience, they might be talking to a friend and go, yeah, I'm looking for someone who tells ghost stories. Oh, there's a, there's a weird bald guy with a skeleton over there. He sells ghost stories. <laughs> it's not my cup of tea, but I think you'd like them. So I always think about that long-term uh, experience that you can give people. If yeah. I can hop onto that, Mark, um, I'd also, Brett, suggest that you, you know, get, get there early, walk the grounds a little bit, try to know some of your fellow authors who also have tables yeah. there as well. Um, this might sound like common sense, but maybe it's not to everybody. Um, give a welcoming, uh, how do I want to put this, like a welcoming stature. I've seen New York Times bestselling authors at book fairs who sit back like this with a big yeah. with a big frown on their face and their table is empty whereas yeah. i've seen others who are engaged or kind of leaning up like this smiling at the crowd and of course people are going to want to come to you um because that light will attract them yeah um yeah. i that's actually really good advice and you know i i i think you should also you should be this is something i i, I think no one really thinks about but you know being an author and uh, and facing these crowds and everything, you, you tend to feel like you're alone in this. But if you look around at these author, you know, the events, the reader events and things like that, there's hundreds of other authors there, right? Yeah. Make some friends. Go go uh, offer to do a little cross promotion between your tables. Get together with some of those authors and say, look, why don't you hand me some of those little flyers you have and I'll give you some of the little flyers I have or give me one of your books and I'll put it up on my table and you put one of mine on your table and let's let's tell each other's people about each other you know and, great idea. Uh, you you get cooperative like that your opportunities for uh finding new readers go up exponentially at these things and you build goodwill with authors who will later remember that you were the person who came by and yep. were kind to them and helped them out um there's another question from elaine Elaine Canyon asks, uh, any tips for building an audience when your reader magnet and first book are in editing and revision? Mm -hmm. I have my social media newsletter and website up and running. Anything else I can do? Um, I'm going to pop in on this one first, if no one minds. But 
Uh, Elaine, one thing you can do, I mean, you, your your book that you're that you have in editing, uh, when you have a chapter, you could pull that first edited chapter out and make that a lead magnet uh, with kind of the promise of what's to come. And that could attract people or you could write a, a uh, short story or uh, create any other you know materials, even just um, if they sign up, maybe they get some sort of bonus that's related to the book. Uh, I have some friends who've done things like they went on Fiverr and had a designer create a world map based on their their concept. Uh, yeah. And so anyone who signed up on their newsletter got a PDF of this world map um, that they could print out and, and have. Uh, there, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do. Well, you just get you just got to get a little creative with it because the the mistake I think a lot of us make, a lot of authors make, is that it has to be that that book and my first book. If you've only got one book and you're giving it away for free, it, it could be good for you in, in one respect. You're building a readership that way that you can sit, try to sell the next book to. But why not think of ancillary things that you can use to get people excited about it? Uh, what do you guys think? I would add, um, you. so even if you don't have uh, the extra content and the stuff that Kevin was talking about, which are all great ideas, you probably are a reader yourself and potentially some of the stuff you're reading and talking about and watching may be something that's in line with your audience. So if you share content and information and your enthusiasm for these things that your readers are likely to be interested in, maybe it's research you had to do when you were working on that novel, providing that and providing that consistent entertaining content may draw people to you to go, wow, Elaine's really cool. I love listening to her talk about these things she's passionate about. And those are the kinds of people that are more likely to think, well, if Elaine's entertaining in her author newsletter and in her social media posts, she may be an author whose books I definitely have to check out. But not only check out, she's an author who I'm going to tell all my friends about because I just love her. Oh, man, you got to follow Elaine. She's so cool. That's another yeah. way to build that audience. Yeah. Uh Here's a comment actually from Ace Adams. Uh, when I in this one, I think Mark, you're going to be positioned to yeah. answer. Uh, when I run a special promo for a book, I haven't seen the promo on the DDD book page. Okay. I'm assuming book. you mean when you log into your author dashboard, you you're not seeing the promo available there. That's not a function we're probably going to have until probably 2024. I'm guessing once we finish a lot of the merger work with uh, uh, Smashwords authors moving into the yeah. draft to digital ecosystem um that's why you want to and kevin you may want to drop that link yeah uh, just the promo forms that. that megan works so hard on d2d.tip slash d2d promo form we'll be able to add that to your dashboard so you can fill it out right from there or see uh the the ones that you're eligible for if it's you know like for example there was a back to school overdrive promo that megan sent emails out to but she was only able to send it out to uh, the people who said, hey, I've got books on Overdrive and I want you to send me promo stuff. So also check your spam folder um, for emails from from our uh, promotions team. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that's what you mean. If you're in a promo, if you're in a promo that, you know, for Kobo or for Barnes & Noble or for Overdrive or Hoopla or any of the promos that we, we negotiate, Apple, et cetera, you're never going to see that on a dashboard um, because it's on the retailer's website. But we will have the ability for you to track which promos you've entered and stuff like that. That's coming in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely go to that site. Let me put that back up. I, I, I brought it down. But definitely go 
d2d.tips slash d2d promo form. And we yeah. dropped it into the comments. So you can click on it from there. Um, if you're, if you're live or if you're catching this after the fact, I think there's like a little, like you can follow the comments as they were posted. So yeah. go there, but it's not a hard one. Go type it. D2D. Yeah. So Ace just said, uh, that book page doesn't show the offer I'm making. No, no, it's not going to show the offer you're making. The offer you're making is being sent to our retail partners or libraries or wherever you're making the offer. It's not going to show up on that form. That's an offer you've <clears> done on your own. I think yeah. if that's what you mean. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ace, if you have any other trouble with that, please email uh, supported. Yeah. Digital and maybe send screenshots and, and maybe we can better answer that for you. Yeah. That, that, that's actually a good idea. I mean, uh, that's what we're here for. So if you've got, if you're having an issue or you think something should be happening that isn't happening, always reach out to us uh, at support at drafttodigital.com yeah. and, uh, we'll help you out. Um, uh, William says, uh, so quote, like authors, is more about types of stories rather than writing styles. That's my understanding. Mm. So this is referring back to um, finding comp those authors, authors comp yeah. authors. Yeah. So Mark, did you want to weigh in on that real quick? Be a mix, it could be a mixture, right? Like it can yeah. be sometimes the style, in the style of Douglas Adams, as opposed yeah. to um, someone else who would, would attack a similar project uh, pro product or, or, or style of story. I think it can be a little bit of both. I think, I think you're right. Yeah, it's it's um it's useful to say to to figure out like my book, this book I've written, it the there are three books that are the most like it. You know, you go you you decide like I've read, you know, so like my book uh my first uh, Dan Kotler thriller was The Quelo Medallion. And the books that were most like that were like Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code, mm -hmm. uh uh, Steve Barry's uh, books, Jim, uh, some of James Rowland's books. And so I, those were my comp authors that I used. So that helped me figure out like, what should my cover look like? Which, what keywords should I be using in my ads? Uh, if I do like BookBub ads, you know, who, who are the authors I'm going to, BookBub allows you to, to link up like who you're most like. Uh, so that they can recommend it to people who follow those authors. So that that's where all that stuff comes in really helpful. Um, here's another one. Um, There's a comment, but <laughs> and I get where this is coming from. But Matthew says that uh, are Facebook ads typically useless? <laughs> For me, they are. Uh, I'm, I'm horrible at them. Yeah. Do either of you use Facebook ads or have you in well, the past? I have and I do. Um I'm going to be honest, though, uh, probably for the past several months now, actually, I've, I have canceled all my Facebook ads because they were less effective and they were it, they were OK. But I was getting to a point where the ROI wasn't where it needed to be in order to justify all the time and money I was I was putting in on them. What here's what I know about Facebook ads. Um, they're cyclical. So what happens is there's a bit of ad fatigue that happens. And so the ads become less, uh, less uh, effective. And so a lot of authors who use them regularly will start to uh, let that field lie fallow, basically, right? And then in a, in a couple of months or something, everyone has stopped using Facebook ads. You pop back in and they're effective again. So, <laughs> so but here's the thing. You can, if you're willing to spend the time and energy and, and some money to do a lot of testing, you can actually figure out how to hit little pockets of, of readers out there who maybe haven't seen a million ads uh, from authors 
and uh, and see some traction. It's a the thing about Facebook ads is so b- terrible for me is it is a constant babysitting job. You know, mm. you, you, there is no set it and forget it with with ads. You you are going to have to circle back. You can do it for a while. You can get some effective ads that may do well for years even. Um, but their effectiveness goes down over time. Where Facebook ads have always been very useful for me was not in sales, but in building my mailing list. That's where I had the biggest bang for my buck. And I, I so I would advertise the free stuff, the, the top of funnel stuff like we were talking about earlier, get a free book, get a free map, whatever. Uh, I would advertise that stuff with typically like a video ad or something. And then that would attract people to get on my mailing list. And then I had a much better time um, advertising to them. So Mark, See, for me, you- my success in Facebook ads has been me giving Facebook money. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I have yeah, successfully no given Facebook quite a bit of money. Yeah. <laughs> Very uh, successful for Facebook. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, so, but I'm a fan, but I am a fan of, uh, I, I've started to opt to take, let's say if I had a hundred. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's a great still shot though for Mark. Dollars so that's a hundred dollars and send out print copies. Yeah. Did I pause? I think I got the gist of what you're saying, Mark. You you dropped out briefly, yeah. but you're saying you had better success taking the money you would have spent on Facebook ads and doing something like sending a bunch of people. Who do you send those copies to? I send them to people that I know read the kinds of things that I like. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've reviewed one of my previous books and I send it to them. Here's why. The average print book is handled by seven people on average and, and it's fi- it's visible. Someone's reading it on the subway or on a bus. Everyone can see what they're reading. It's advertising for you as it's moving about the world. The other thing too, and we forget about this because we live in a digital world, a lot of indie authors, is that print books are still 70 to 80% of the majority of book sales out there. Print books, the the, the sales in print books have actually grown in in the past several years too. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more readers of print books. And and so what, what happens is, People who buy ebooks, but typically buy twice as many print books as well. So, getting that print book out there, it's a walking advertisement. It's not just an ad, a little, a little ad that pops up on a screen while you're looking for something else. It's yeah. a book that's visible on someone's shelf, in someone's hands, uh, etc. Putting books in little lending libraries in your neighborhood, I do uh, registering mm-hmm. them on Book Crossing. Dot com, which is a, a free tool you can use for for uh, book tracking to see where where it gets picked up and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just um, it's just another opportunity we don't often think of. I think uh, that's brilliant, Mark. Uh, and book crossing isn't something I'm familiar with, so you may have to share that with me later. I will say that when we were on the road full time in the van, uh, I would get I would order stacks of books to to uh, come to me wherever we were going to park for a while and. Uh, every RV park, every washeteria, every l- little tiny library, all those things, there would suddenly be this book there that also had a little nameplate in it that had a URL where people could go find more. Uh, and so, yeah, people yeah. don't, that's one thing I think authors, you don't think about, but that the book is marketing. It's yeah. marketing for itself and for your entire catalog. Uh, and if you, have an attractive cover and it's professionally edited and you know it looks and feels great um that book itself becomes a marketing tool there's an expense to getting them but if you think about it you're investing in something that has probably a lot more reach 
uh, once it gets out there, then, then yeah. a typical Facebook ad is going to have at least on testing. So, yep. uh, all right, let's, did you want to add anything, Jim? I'm sorry. We don't No, That, that was perfect. Okay. okay. Questions. Oops. All right. Uh, here's another question from Brett Worrell. Uh, how can an author encourage a library? Oh, this is a good one. This is apropos encourage a library to pick up the books, uh, for the sake of gaining readers that way. I want to pop in real quick and say, we, this is one of the things I wanted us to bring up is that yep. don't overlook the power of libraries there. You get generally get a sort of one-time payment uh, when they pick up your book. Uh, there's way there, we, there's various payment models and we've got a whole page about this and Mark can go into details if he wants. But um, the thing about libraries is that's where a lot of people, including a lot of us at, G, at D2D first discovered a love for reading yeah. And those people, even though there's that uh, that notion that they're getting the book for free, quote unquote, yeah. you still get paid for that. But what happens is you build a lifelong reader out of these people. And when they have disposable income to throw at books, because they probably will, they're going to remember you and they're going to buy those books. So this is a great first touch. So, Mark, did you want to add something? Well, I just want to add. So, Brett, you um, I'm assuming potentially you have published books through Draft2Digital. Um, here's something I know because I just got back from representing Draft2Digital at an Overdrive conference, you know, uh, ebooks selling ebooks to libraries and getting to interact with so many librarians is librarians don't really know um, what, where to send people, local authors. L authors come to the library all the time and say, what do I do? I have a book. I want to sell it. I want to publish it. What yeah. do I do? What do I do? There's so many sharks. Uh, it's a shark infested water out there for a lot of companies that are just trying to grab money from authors. Brett, if you have any experience in, in doing the self-publishing or writing, go to your library and say, hey, my name is Brett. I've got these great books that uh, appeal to these kinds of readers for these you know people who've read these books. And I'd love to do a workshop for your local authors, maybe show them how they can do it or how I research. If you're not comfortable sharing them something like that, I've done, you know, uh, how to how to write ghost stories, how to how to how to research true haunted locales. So you can take some of your expertise that you already have and offer that to your local library. When I've done talks at local libraries. The library is usually very much like, oh, well, Mark's doing a talk here. We should bring in his books. Yep. And so, and again, that discoverability of having books in a library are fantastic. Mm -hmm. If you're Canadian or you're not American, by all means, uh, go look up public lending right. It's a great way to make additional revenue from your books being in libraries. Yeah. But I'm sad to say my American friends don't have access. Yeah. More Canadian advantages. Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> no, I just want to add, too, that believe it or not, your local libraries, they really want to get to know their local authors. They want to bring those books in. Uh, but it would behoove you to know some of the language that your local librarians speak. Let them know that not only are you um, a local author, but also let them know that your book is in the Overdrive catalog or the Baker and Taylor catalog, which is where the librarians purchase their books from. And draft -to digital will, will help you get there. Um, also, go into Google before you start marketing to libraries, go into Google and do a search on public libraries near you. Like you can choose like a five mile radius or a 10 mile radius or whatever you like. And I would bet that you'll be surprised how many public libraries are within driving distance to you and hit them all. Yeah. And we should say that our library distribution um, partners, we reach 
thousands and thousands of libraries worldwide. And that includes public libraries, business, you know, uh, company libraries, school libraries, universities and things. So, you know, you, you, you get into that network and, you know, you've got the potential to reach really thousands, I think hundreds of thousands of libraries uh, around the world. Borrow Box, which is uh, overseas, right? In Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Ireland. Adillo, which is academic uh, and school libraries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's that's, um, definitely, that's a great marketing tool, honestly. Because, and, you know, we may have to create some things to help people with with this, to encourage them. But like you you said, Mark, letting them know you're available in all these differences. If you go on our website, uh, we have an FAQ on draftedigital.com and you can find all the places we distribute to. And I believe we actually have a, full, a section dedicated to libraries, uh, the library uh, tools that we have. But if not, uh, reach out to us because we do have a page that will tell you um, how the library pricing works, how everything works. Um, so anyway, moving on uh, to the next question because uh, we got a lot of them. A lot of people are fired up about marketing. Uh, Ace Adams, since you guys aren't aren't on Google yet, do you recommend going to Google directly or going through another aggregator? It seems to take a long time to get books on Google. My experience with Google Play is direct, yeah. Yeah, go direct. I, There's no point in going through an aggregator because of the ridiculous terms they have that you have to have a direct account even if you go through an aggregator. Why not just go direct then? And I've, it takes me minutes to get a book on yeah. uh, uh, uploaded on there. Uh, one of the there's some things that Google Play does that I think are really cool and helpful. One of them is uh, scheduled promotions. You know, we have a scheduled promotions tool on Draft Digital, uh, and uh, they also have one. It's somewhat similar on um, Google Play, where you can say, "I want this book to be priced at two ninety nine from this date to this date, or whatever." Yeah. Uh, and you can do that for one book or multiple books. So it's, it's a really handy, it's a really handy tool. There's a lot of stuff in there sort of onboarding that's not well defined or explained, (laughs) Uh, but uh, you know, I've yet to run into a problem uh, and I just guess my way through everything I'm doing at the time. Uh, Baseball Lifer says, uh, I have books on Amazon Ingram Sparks that have great reviews, I'm looking to expand my reach. How can your platform help me? Well, I'm, I'm hoping, please, that you're only using Ingram Spark for print books and not ebooks because you have absolutely no control over the ebooks at Ingram Spark. Whereas with us, you can say, go to this platform, go to this platform. So you may want to double check uh, that um, you're leveraging us for the ebooks uh, for the different platforms that they may not be going to, or at least allow you to control things like uh promotions and stuff like that and price changes and and updates so yeah um yeah yeah, i think yeah i mean if you're using amazon for print and ebook and you're using ingram spark for for print you're missing out on a whole bunch of uh retail and library platforms that we get yeah we've got like dozens of of main retailers and some of them have hundreds of other retailers Mm -hmm. under them worldwide I think at last count, I think we actually do, we can get you into like a storefront in like literally every country yeah. in the Through Kobo, world. through Tolino, through yeah. Vivlio, we yeah. get into thousands and thousands of yeah. uh, other retailers. Yeah, and we yeah. make it easy. If you've, if you've set up an account with, with Drafted Digital, you can look at your, your channel listings and see if you, if you have duplicate listings. Like if you reach somewhere with Ingram Spark that Drafted Digital also reaches, you can simply opt out of it. 
So you right. drop your digital dashboard. If you prefer to stay with Ingram Spark or or you're going direct to a certain retailer or whatever, we're we're always we're opt in on everything. We we believe that the author gets the choice right up front from the start to opt in on what they want. Uh, but you can also opt out of things if there's a conflict or other problem. So we make it really super easy. Some retailers are a little slower to pull the books than others, but we make sure everything happens for you. Uh, next up, uh, I'm going to say this is the Myria Mir- Sphere Origins. <laughs> uh, any chance Books a Million or Walmart uh, could be in the mix? So we we get our ebooks to Walmart through Kobo. Um, uh-huh. And uh, print books are, are listed. If you use us for D2D print, they're going to get listed at Books a Million and, uh, and with Walmart as well. But Walmart doesn't necessarily list every, every print book. They just pull from a, from a, you know, a wholesale catalog. Yeah. Uh, okay. We got so many questions, guys. Yeah, we, this good. is a really popular one. Um, a question. Speaking of questions, uh, this is from RC on YouTube. With the general downturn in sales of paper books and the single vendor dominance of the ebook market, is there a provable value in marketing anywhere but toward the single vendor? And I'm taking this to mean you guys can reinterpret as you see fit. But if my books are, um, is it, it basically? I think he's asking, uh, shouldn't should you just market to say Barnes and Noble readers? Or uh, correct me if I'm wrong, RC. Uh, <laughs> is there a bigger benefit to marketing to us, you know, focusing all your marketing on a single retailer? What do you think? Mark? You're joking about I, Barnes and Noble being the right. dominant ebook. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. Amazon gets enough play, all Apple right, gets enough, enough play. Uh, most people haven't heard Kobo. <laughs> I just look like if you're talking to if you have a financial advisor that you work with, chances are that that financial advisor pleads with you not to put all of your eggs into one basket because if there yeah. are market downturns or anything happens that's out of your control then you're out of luck and the same holds true with putting all of your eggs into a single retailer because if those algorithms ch- if those algorithms change that's outside of your control if they if they cancel your account for whatever reason that happens a lot inexplicably you're out of luck so diversify Put your books everywhere where we just go to find books to um, to help you gain money over time. You're in it for you're in it for the long game. It's it's yeah. definitely a marathon. Can I can I add a couple points to that? I'd say there is no general downturn in sale of paper books. They're actually larger than they have been in 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 six years. Um, and the 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 challenge with marketing only to a single vendor is a self-fulfilling prophecy. You spend all your money driving people to a single vendor, building your readers only on a single vendor and never building it outside of that. So you're like, well, that single vendor is the only one that works because you only ever invest time in that. What I'd recommend you may want to do, and you can't learn them all at once. Maybe you're an Apple person. You love Apple. Maybe that's the way you read your eBooks and stuff like that. Maybe spend some focus on Apple and see what you can do to leverage uh, you know, Apple uh, applying for some of the Apple promos that we have available. Maybe you're Canadian like me, where Kobo is actually known, and and or in one of the countries in Europe that Kobo is well known, and and you focus on that. So, or maybe you're a huge Barnes and Noble fan, and you like you love the stores, you love the Nook is a great reader. Maybe that's that's something that you can focus on and seeing what can you do. I'm a huge fan of the BookBub and the Written Word Media and the Crave Books and all of those other platforms that allow me to do a promo and include links to all the retailers 
uh, not just one dominant retailer. Yeah. Um, and that helps me grow my sales beyond the shores of that long river. I just want to add though, that we're not saying like, don't have your books at Amazon. We would never tell you oh, don't have your books at Amazon. Like yeah. you definitely want to have your books at Amazon. It's the biggest retailer in the world, but we also want to see you put your books everywhere else so yeah. that you can grow your readership. And, and I will say, uh, I think kind of to the, uh, RC's point, um, if your books, so first, the rule should be your books are available everywhere because if there is any opportunity for someone to discover the book, that increases your odds. However, when it comes to marketing, we have limited uh, resources most of the time. Uh, we might only have a, a small budget for ads. If you are getting a bigger bang for your buck, a better ROI, return on investment, by focusing your ads on one specific retailer, we'll just say it, Amazon, that's where most people get their sales, right? Then by all means, uh, focus your limited uh, budget on that one retailer and and let the others just kind of grow organically. But um, yeah, there's actually nothing wrong with that. However, what I would make a focus of my marketing strategy at that point is as the, the sales grow on Amazon, take some of the profits you're making and reinvest those and start tapping other markets find the next big market if you if your best second best seller is apple start advertising on facebook and elsewhere to get apple readers and then as the revenue grows there take that money and change and start focusing on a, another channel you basically use the business to grow the business it's a time-honored way uh for companies to grow um if you you know if all you want to do is uh make just enough to pay pay for your meals or whatever then just focus on one retailer but if you want if you're serious about growing in this business you know folding your profits back into the business is one way to grow much more rapidly so great advice kevin any uh we're, we're kind of at time so we need to wrap it up any other comments suggestions anything you think is just vital for our audience to know right now I wanted Thank to add on to what something that you just said, Kevin, about like putting your profits back into your business. On top of yeah. that, like don't spend money that you don't have. Like don't go into debt to produce a book or to advertise or anything or anything like that. Because once you go into debt, you're just you're limiting your your freedom. Yeah. So don't yeah. do that. We've seen yeah. it happen too many times. And 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 get some rest, get some sleep, take care of yourself. We forget to remind authors it's okay to just kind of relax and and chill and, and get a good night's sleep because then you'll be you know more productive the next day writing your next book or or yep. tackling those frustrating marketing challenges ahead of you you know if you take a, an afternoon walk every day it's going to help with your creativity and blood flow uh and you'll think of new creative ways to market your books and i'll tell you this i spend very little on marketing these days i spend very little money on marketing my uh, all my marketing efforts are are things like you know, I, I leverage my newsletter, I leverage social media, I leverage, you know, word of mouth, uh, I go to events, there's all kinds of things uh, that I take that I use to market my work now that don't cost me a dime, I still spend some money, but I, I, I don't spend nearly as much as I used to. And I am actually seeing a much bigger return. So uh, but that's going to bring us to the end. We're going to have to wrap up. I really appreciate everybody jumping in and uh, asking your questions. Wow. There's more questions that we were able to answer. Great questions. Uh, yeah. Great Fantastic. questions. And uh, I'm sorry that we didn't get to all of them, but uh, we've had uh, Lexi and Alyssa have been in the comments uh, 
uh, helping out. Uh, but for now, we're going to have to say adieu. And uh, we want to make sure that you like, share, and comment, and subscribe on the uh, videos. If you're watching this on YouTube especially, uh, make sure you're subscribing. Share this with the people in your life uh, who are looking to do this as a career. Make sure you bookmark d2dlive.com because that's where we do a countdown. We do one of these uh, we, one of these shows every single week. We have guests. We do AUAs. We sometimes have a webinar. Those things pop up at special times. If you're bookmarking and watching d2dlive.com, that's when you're going to know something's coming up. So make sure you do that. And uh, before we sign off, we're going to run a little word from our sponsor, which just happens to be us. But other than that, <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for uh, being a part of the show. And Thanks, uh, Kevin. everyone else, thank you for being part of the show. And we will see you all next time. Take care. Ebooks are great, but there's just something about having your words in print. Something you can hold in your hands, put on a shelf, sign for a reader. That's why we created D2D Print, a print-on-demand service that was built for you. We have free, beautiful templates to give your book a pro look, and we can even convert your ebook cover into a full wraparound cover for print. So many options for you and your books. And you can get started right now at DraftToDigital.com. That's it for this week's Self-Publishing Insiders with draft to digital Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and share the show with your will-be author friends. And start, build, and grow your own self-publishing career right now at draft2digital.com.